Welcome back to Raise Your Vibes. This is Miriam Khan, your host. You know, there's been a frequent topic that I've been discussing, which is narcissism, abuse, trauma, and how to come over it, how to get over it, and how to also put it behind you. Sometimes there's not always a clear, sharp vision, clear, sharp way. There's not always a path that's right for you and right for someone else. Remember, there's different things that will be right for different people. But what I want to look at is why we go back in the first place. Why do we, when we're abused, torn, hurt, destroyed, basically the shadow of our former selves, why do we go back? Why do we keep going back? Why do we keep getting sucked back in? Why do we keep believing the individuals we're with, the ones that we've shared our heart with, the ones we've shared our life and our soul and our wisdom with, our time with, why do we keep going back? Sometimes it's not a straightforward answer. All of you that are listening will be coming at it from different perspectives, different spectrums. What I will say is trauma. We have let go of ourselves We are in our shadow self. We are weak. But at the same time, we have an immense strength as well. It takes a lot of strength to go back to someone who's abusing you. It takes a lot of strength to stay in that situation and to tolerate that abuse. For years and years and years, as I watched certain people in my life firsthand stay in domestic abuse verbal abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, I would feel enraged that the person I loved, the person I cared for, tolerated it and held back tears, held back fear, held back emotions and swallowed and swallowed and swallowed it. And I'd watch this individual with an abundance of love in my heart. And all I wanted to do was shake them to the core and say, why are you staying? Why are you not leaving? Why, why, why? And it's only when I had similar relationships like that in my life that I realized that that individual who I presumed was weak, that individual who I presumed had no power was actually the most powerful being that I had ever come across in my life. And I actually admire them I actually have a lot of love for them because it takes a lot of courage and a lot of strength and a lot of resilience to stay empowered and stay in that particular scenario. It takes a lot to not fight back. It takes a lot of courage to not speak up. It takes a lot of wisdom to stay silent. The sad part of that is that the pain and the torture and the suffering can overwhelm us. It can consume us. It can entrap us. It can feel as though we're in our own little prison and we're never gonna be free. It takes away our happiness, our light, our being. And we're in this conflict 
and we stay. We stay because we've got children. We stay because we have financial ties, emotional ties. We stay because we don't want society to judge us. We stay because even though it's 2021, we're shunned if we file for divorce. We're shunned if we speak up and say this is not right. We're shunned and we're ostracized by the people closest to us that are meant to love us with compassion to stay. Sometimes we stay out of fear. I don't mean fear of abuse and I don't mean fear of trauma. From my own personal point of view, when my marriage was falling apart and I was doing everything I could to make it work. It took me the second time of filing for divorce to realize no, I'm not afraid for my marriage to fail. I was trying ever so hard for it not to fail, for it to work, for it to succeed. And it dawned on me, how can that happen when there's only just me fighting for it? The only person putting power into that marriage, the only person putting love into that marriage, respect, fidelity, trust, forget all the other things, was me. So how can that marriage ever work in harmony and in balance when the other individual sees it just as a piece of paper? I personally had to learn it's okay to fail. It's been a lesson of my life. Failing has been a complete lesson of my life because if I hadn't failed at things, I wouldn't have been taken into a different path. If I hadn't failed this particular event, I wouldn't have learned this particular lesson. If I hadn't failed this particular topic, I wouldn't have made changes that I drastically needed in my life and others needed as well. But I had to be the one that made the path, that made the gateway. And it took me such a long time to learn that journey, that it's okay to lead and let go of fear. Now I'm at a point where, okay, I'm getting divorced. There will be stigmatism from people, family, friends. Already had it, already received it. Repeatedly told, you shouldn't do it, you should stay, you should stay, you should stay. And, I'm, and my response has been, I am not staying in a prison of my own making. I'd rather have emancipation and freedom than stay in a toxic environment where I'm not loved, I'm not cherished, I'm not respected. And it starts with me. It's very difficult, very difficult. Because in a lot of ways, we go back to these types of relationships, whether it's domestic abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, financial abuse. The individual has taken away the core of us. They've knocked us down repeatedly in that boxing ring. They've shown us the good, the bad, the ugly. Using that Clint Eastwood phrase again. That's down to my dad. <laughs> but it's true. And we still get suckered in, we still go back. Sometimes these people that take away our power Financially, for example, I can remember prior to being made homeless, 
I was working, I was financially supporting myself, my families. By families, I mean my family, my grandparents, my siblings. There was things I was made to be responsible for as an 18 year old financially in that house. And that's fine, I took it on my shoulders because I was the eldest girl, the eldest individual. And my dad was on one salary, looking after five children, not easy. So it didn't hurt to help pay my way. But as our relationship got very, very tumultuous, I knew that I would be leaving at some point. I knew that, that I'd be forced out, pushed out, kicked out, and it was only a matter of time. And what I started to do was plan, a bit like a game of chess. My father had taken away my savings accounts. Back in those days, savings accounts were on a little paper book and he had them locked in the safe in our house, along with my passport. And there's only two people that had the keys, him and my mother. And it's ironic that when I left that situation, Years and years later, when my father and I reunited, he was very dubious as to why I was there. So bear in mind that I was then more financially stable. I had my own property, I had my own car, I had my own finances, furthermore. And he, in his mind, thought that I had come back purely for my money, which was quite laughable, actually, because I didn't need it. I was in a very good financial position. I had made sure that I hustled, that I survived, that I looked after myself. I learned that early on. And what I had done all those years before, without him knowing, was plan. I had opened bank accounts secretly, kept them in a locker at work. He didn't know. Slowly I was moving money across didn't know did the same tactics further on in my life because we have to be smart and these individuals they think whether they, it comes from love by the way they think it comes from love and protection and caring for you but actually it's narcissistic it's control and it's taken away your power and a lot of the time you know, somebody will say to you, oh, if you're having trouble in your marriage or your relationship, you can come and stay with me. And majority of the time when we go back to that abusive cycle, it's because we know the other individual also has a condition upon that situation. You can come and stay at my house, but you must do this. You can come and live with me, but you must do this. And so on. To the point where it's far better to go back to the horrible prison that you shackle to consistently than to even try be a free bird. Sometimes you'll have someone that comes into your life. I've done this for someone I care about deeply. Where you can see that person is desperate to leave desperate to move forward, desperate to be free. And you offer them shelter, 
unconditionally you offer them shelter. Now the shelter could be the physical act of giving up your home. The shelter could be your time. The shelter could be your energy. The shelter could be taking them to the hospital for numerous visits after they've been assaulted and holding their hand. Again, things that I've done. It could be that you've supported them, you've listened to them, pour their heart out after they've told you that they've been sexually abused repeatedly. You've tried to enable them, you've tried to help them, you've tried to get them the care and love that they need. You've tried to help them break free. Again, these are all things I've personally experienced helping individuals with. And that's becoming frequent more and more. But the one best thing we can do is to help people and come from it from an unconditional point of view. When you give something, give it freely. Don't expect it back. If you're going to expect it back, don't give it in the first place. Give things with a free heart. If you wish that person love, compassion, a safe space. You know, a lot of people that leave domestic violence, abuse, trauma, emotional, physical, mental, financial trauma, struggle, struggle to get rid of that anxiety, struggle to break the pattern, struggle to just live normal. One incident where I was helping someone, and I can relate to this, which is why there was no judgment whatsoever. And that's another thing, you must learn not to judge. Was when an individual struggled, struggled to feed herself and her child because she couldn't part with one dollar. One dollar. And the only time she did was when she, or she purchased the food item and one food item came free with it, therefore the dollar was actually 50 cents for each of them. Think about that for a minute. Somebody can control you so much, they can be in your mind so much, the control, the power that they have over you, that you think you and your child, the child that this person has provided, is not worthy of a dollar. But it's okay for them to spend a huge amount of money on themselves. Think about that. What does that say about our self-esteem and our power and our love for self? It isn't there. When we also learn to love ourselves and we also learn that financial freedom, you know, it takes a long time because Sometimes we are being abused in such a secretive manner, we don't realise that we're giving a huge part of ourselves away. We don't. And that's why we go back. We go back and back and back and back. And we are beaten. Not physically, always, but spiritually, mentally, emotionally. We have good people come into our lives. People that genuinely love us for who we are. And we allow them to get close to us. And sometimes we end up saying things we don't mean and we push them away. Sometimes they're there to help us and be patient with us and love us. And we don't realise that our anxiety is so triggered that we push them away because we think we're not worthy of their love. 
Are we coming from a place of neediness as well? Are we coming from a place that's screaming, please help me, please help me, please help me? Because at the end of the day, that individual that has come in your life has become this such an important person to us. They've become a security blanket. They've become a place that you want to call home. They've become your safe haven. And they've become someone that you love and care about so much. And it's love that you've not been even able to give yourself. But you can recognise that this person genuinely wants me out of this situation. And they're doing everything they can to help me. Sometimes we keep going back. And back. And back. Some of us haven't survived. One of my very young friends when I was a teenager ended up being murdered and I didn't know at the time what was going on I knew she was not happy and I knew she wasn't being herself and her death hit me like a thunderbolt because obviously she was my age and I think it hit me more when it was all over the news that she had been murdered in a car park in Doncaster. None of us saw it. None of us understood what had been going on and what had been happening to her. And the relationship she was in, where she thought it was love and compassion, was actually somebody that was sexually abusing her and using her as a prostitute. And unfortunately, one of the clients that she ended up being with murdered her and left her in this car park. I never got over that. Her mother, bless her, ended up writing a book about it. She's called Irene Iverson. And the, the book is Fiona's story. reason I'm saying that to you is because sometimes... Some of us don't survive. And sometimes we don't know the signs and we don't know the symbols and we don't know what's happening right in front of us. Irene, who was my physiotherapist at the time and a very close family friend, was someone that my family and I loved and cared for humongously. And um, we admired her for fighting for other daughters, for other people, not to be in that situation. And here we are in 2021, where abuse now is just, not just even so vivid, it's recorded, it's watched, it's used as entertainment. Despite the fact that there are laws in some countries, not all, to serve as punishment, some people are never punished. And what's horrible to understand, and I'm coming from a point of view where I had been counselling someone lately with this issue, is that the individual that causes the pain, that causes the fear and the trauma, is walking around free as a bird, no conscious, no understanding that what they've done is morally wrong. Whereas the individual they've traumatised is forever trapped 
and they can't get out. They keep going over and over and over their pain. They keep going over their trauma. They're trying to break free. They're trying to move forward, but they can't. Trauma does that. Trauma makes you go back. Try to look at the people around you and see who is there as a support mechanism. Who's there that loves you, supports you, wants the best for you, that's not going to judge you? There probably might be one, maybe two people in your life that's able to do that. And you know what? Sometimes that's more than enough. The main thing is trying to get over it, trying to move forward, trying to heal from it. I'm not judgmental. I've seen people go back. I've done it myself. But also, I've learned to let go and move forward as well. And that's not been an easy journey too. And it's interesting that in my life as a counsellor and as a teacher, as a life coach, as a motivational speaker, so many different hats that I'm wearing all the time. But the one thing I always do is wear my heart on my sleeve. I've always been known for being direct and straight to the point. And there are times there are life lessons that people just need to hear straight up gangster style. Because you can't sugarcoat it, you can't keep putting plasters on it. People, unfortunately, are wounded beings. We walk around in pain, we walk around in trauma, we wear it visibly for others to see and that makes us a target as well. But if we have got people that are going to enable us to move forward, that are going to empower us to move forward and to stay going forward, then we're very blessed. It's not an easy journey. It takes a long time to get rid of old patterns of behaviour. It gets a long, long time to get rid of anxiety. To not feel pain and trauma. For the things that people have put us through. We can only try to move forward. We can only try to enable ourselves to leave that toxic place, to have financial support, emotional support. One day we're gonna be free. One day we're gonna be emancipated. One day we're gonna learn to love ourselves enough to say, no more drama, as Mary J. Blige says. Only then, only then, we're truly free. Don't be in a situation, guys, if you're listening to this, where you stay and you stay because you think that's your only option no there's lots of other options out there it's about enabling yourself and realizing there's other things you can be doing but also realizing that I'm worth much more than this I'm worth much more than this particular scenario and this particular predicament and I'm worthy of love of myself. And I respect myself enough to walk forward and move forward. Sometimes it's not always easy to find that support. 
and sometimes we have to keep moving forward. We have to keep leaving one shelter to another, to another, to another. But we have to do what we have to do to survive. Please pray to whatever it is you believe in, spiritually, religiously. Pray for peace. Pray for love in your heart. Surrender. Surrender and let go of your fears. Let go of the what ifs. And instead, catch the maybes. Maybe if I do this, this is what's going to happen. Wherever you are, on your very difficult journey, just know there are people out there that are not going to judge you, that are not going to entrap you. There are people that want you to be free and want you to be enabled and that want you to be your best version of yourself. That's your tribe. That's your soul tribe. Latch on to those people. Move forward with those people and allow yourself to get out of your cage. Sending blessings, sending healing, sending lots of love and hugs. You got this.